Did you know that one of the strongest forms of radiation used to treat cancer can be completely blocked by a sheet of paper? To tell us more about developing radiopharmaceuticals or a way to treat cancer, we're here talking to Nathan Kaufman. Hi, Nate. Thanks for joining us today. May you please introduce yourself and tell us more about your research? Hi, yeah, I'm Nate Kaufman. I'm a fourth-year MD-PhD student at Michigan State University in the Colleges of Human Medicine and also the Comparative Medicine and Integrative Biology program. My research involves using locally delivered radiation therapy to induce an immune response against cancer in the hope of destroying the cancer in a systemic way. Thanks for joining us today, Nate. Now, one thing that you said caught my attention. What does it mean to deliver radiation locally versus what other kinds of delivery methods are there? So when I say locally, I'm meaning directly into a site of interest. So most forms of radiation or the most common form of radiation that most people would know of is external beam radiation. And that is also technically delivered locally because the beam is focused on a particular cancer site. However, it's delivered in an external fashion from the outside of the body through the skin and then going into the body to deliver the dose. What I want to do with my project is I want to go inside of the body, either with a catheter or a needle, and get right to the tumor site and deliver the radiation dose attached to some sort of vehicle and deliver it locally in that fashion. So actually internally rather than externally. Now, something that people may not be clear about is if chemotherapy is the same thing as radiation therapy. Can you please give us a little bit of background about these different ways that people are trying to treat cancer? Yeah, absolutely. So there's really three pillars of uh, oncology treatment or cancer care, Um, and those include surgical, chemical, or medical, and then radiation. So surgical is pretty straightforward. That's when we actually know where the tumor is, and it's in a location where we can get in surgically and just directly remove that tumor, and that's usually one of the best courses of action. Chemotherapy the second pillar, that is includes delivering a chemical that is targeting the tumor in a systemic fashion all over the body. Uh, and this chemical is lethal to the tumor and is also lethal to some of our healthy cells, but mainly to the tumor, and that's why it works. The third pillar is radiation, which I've kind of talked a little bit about being both external and internal. So that's where actual ionizing radiation is delivering that toxic killing to the tumor. One thing that Chelsea had said to introduce this episode was how one of the strongest forms of radiation can be blocked by paper. Could you touch upon that statement a little more and what does that exactly mean? Yeah, so there's three major forms of radiation that we care about. The first form, alpha radiation. The second form, beta radiation. And the third form, gamma radiation. So gamma radiation can come from a lot of different things, and it can actually come from outer space. And there's actually gamma radiation all around us right now that is delivering a very low background dose of radiation to our bodies. So radiation is actually something that we kind of constantly... The second form is beta radiation. Most of the medical forms of radiopharmaceuticals or drugs that deliver a radiation dose, most of those work through beta radiation, which can penetrate about a millimeter into tissue. The third form, alpha radiation, the one that can be blocked by just a sheet of paper, that only penetrates a few microns, so even less than, a couple, even less than that one millimeter. So that can actually be an advantage for tumor care as it only targets the tumor rather than healthy tissue. Thanks for providing that background. I think it's really important for our audience to actually understand what are the types of radiation out there and why you're using it. Now, I would imagine like you were saying that it's better just to take out the tumor if possible, but like if it's a brain tumor, obviously we can't do that. What specific areas are you focusing on in the body when it comes to your research? 
So one really cool part about not only my research, but the entire field of radiation therapy is that it can really work in a lot of different tumor types when you're talking about tumor anatomical locations or areas in the body. So there's radiopharmaceuticals out there for thyroid cancers, for some endocrine tumors, liver cancers, many others actually. And so my research specifically is on breast and prostate cancers, but there are many other targets that we can also look at. How exactly are you delivering these alpha emitters to the tumor? Are you using a specific kind of delivery vehicle? For my project specifically, I am attaching my alpha particle emitter onto a molecule called macroaggregated albumin, or MAA for short. And the MAA actually stays lodged within the tumor upon injection, either directly with a needle or after a catheter is strung up through the arterial system, otherwise known as the blood vessels, right up to the tumor edge. Now, this is very different from targeted alpha therapy, which actually is targeted, meaning that it actually targets the tumor in a biological way or has a biological target that is tumor specific. So those drugs can be given actually systemically and will naturally find the tumor on their own. I'd like to understand more about how you're conducting this experiment. Is your experiment being done on animals, humans, or maybe even a cell culture of prostate cells? Yeah, so again, my project is on both prostate and breast. Right now, it's actually mainly on on breast cancer and also breast cancer models of disease in mice. So when we have cell culture, we can simply just add the radiopharmaceutical. In this case, it's the MAA I was talking about earlier. We can add that directly on top of the cells in culture and deliver the radiation dose that way. In mice, since they're too small to actually use a blood vessel catheter to deliver it directly into the tumor, We instead use a needle and come from the outside and puncture the skin and then deliver the dose through that locally. One thing I'm curious about is, does the MAA have any significant side effects? Are people allergic to this compound or is it a pretty benign compound? That's something we always have to consider, right? Whenever we think about any type of pharmaceutical that we're putting in someone's body. The MAA is something that we chose because it's already FDA approved. And it's already used in a really wide swath of different radioactive studies, nuclear medicine studies, actually. The reason that it's used and why it's so successful is because since it is such a large aggregated molecule, it actually gets lodged within the blood vessels. And so that is very convenient for imaging the lungs to see if there's a blockage and things like that. So on the same, on the flip side of that same coin, we run into an issue where if we deliver a lot of this aggregated albumin to the body, we have a chance of it going down into the lungs and causing a clot in and of itself. And that's pretty much the only side effect we worry about. However, in these studies and in the planned studies, we won't be delivering nearly enough to do that. And also the other advantage of MAA is that it is naturally degraded by the body within a few hours. So usually we won't run into an issue there. We actually had an episode about repurposing drugs that are FDA approved. I want to understand the criteria of your study more in depth. Now, whenever you're conducting this experiment, is it on a specific stage of cancer? And how long do you follow up with the mice to see how they're doing and how they react to the radiation? Kind of the tricky part about this study, because there's a whole immuno piece that we haven't really talked about yet, but when you want to work with an immune model, you need to use everything that is associated with that model. So if we're using a mouse model of disease, we need to use mouse cancer as well. And so that makes it kind of difficult to really pick a particular stage of cancer or be be too specialized with the type of cancer you choose, because there's only a certain number of mouse cancers available for us to do these experiments on. 
Um, and so the goal is that if we can solve this kind of cancer immunology related problem in mice, then we can move on to human studies where we have human cancer in humans. Now, you said some words there that caught my attention, the immune system. Why do immunology studies matter whenever we're studying cancer? Yeah, so immunology, believe it or not, plays one of the biggest roles in cancer development. So normally when there's bacteria in our body or there's cells that are acting naughty, just like cancer cells might, typically our immune system comes in and and takes out those bad actors or those cells that are kind of acting up and, and gets rid of them. The issue with cancer is that it's found a way to not only escape the immune system from kind of putting it in time out, but it actually manages to take the immune system and use it as an ally and help it build up its defenses even more. So it's very critical to try and find ways to kind of turn the immune system back on and actually be anti-cancer rather than pro-cancer. When you put it that way, it makes sense why people would want to research how you can actually get an immunological response whenever cancer does form inside of the body. And it's great that targeted alpha therapy is being developed to try and make radiation therapy a lot safer. Regarding the alpha emitters, what isotope are you using for the targeted alpha therapy and how is it produced? Yeah, so our lab is using the radioisotope lead-212. And so this is the same kind of lead that we worry with lead poisoning and water and things like that. And so this isotope has a very short half-life. And so when it's given to, you know, put it on cells or put it in the mouse, it usually decays very quickly, only within a few hours. And the way that it's produced is through a generator. And so there's two ways to produce radioisotopes, either a cyclotron or a generator. And a cyclotron is basically a really big machine that speeds up subatomic particles to incredible speeds and strikes a sample and causes that sample to go through a reaction. The generator's similar in the fact that it still has a sample going through a reaction, but it's not in a giant cyclotron.